The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. And we are live to tape with another special Thursday edition of the kickoff due to the fact of the holidays being this week. Good evening, afternoon, whenever you're listening, everybody. I am your host here of the kickoff on the W2M Network. My name is Harry Broadhurst. Joining me, as per usual, the down since day one co-host turned executive producer, Brandon Biscabing. Hey, hey, hey. The executive producer turned co-host, Eric Watkins. Last Sunday proved there can be only one Big Dick Nick. We will talk a little bit more about Mr. Foles here shortly. And <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the kickoff proudly brings to you its W2M fantasy football champion of the world, the chairman, Jason Teasley. Uh, that, that, is, that, is, that is nice. Uh, I'll grace you all with my presence. <laughs> Is that what you expected? Something like that? That 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 is adequate. Now you only got to do that like three more times. <laughs> you can get bad if you think that's happening again. Hey, the the you got. I I let you. I called off the bet. I caught an audible on our bet. Yeah, I, I stand by my statement. You can get Ben if you think I'm doing that again, because that actually hurt my voice in order to throw it like that. <laughs> you get one road dog a show out of me. That's it. All right. With that being said, it's time to begin the show how we always do here on the kickoff. It's time for studs and duds. Eric, you lead us off. Now, uh, naturally, it is full season, although especially if you're like us here on the podcast, this is more the forgettable part of full season. However, there was one performance that was worthy of being my stud. Kelvin Hopkins Jr. Leading the Army Black Knights to their most impressive season in a couple of decades capping it off with a potential shot at finishing in the top 25. What does he do? In a typical Army offense, this has been the last couple of years, three completions in three attempts for 70 yards in the air. You would expect that. What did he do on the ground? Oh, just a mere 11 carries for 170 yards and five touchdowns. We're going to get on the other side of that particular bold game later on. So, so, bam! Dramatic reverb. <laughs> Thank you, champ. But for this, Kelvin Hopkins Jr., I salute you. You are my stud. I did the dramatic reverb, too, and had my microphone muted because I'm a dumbass. Fail. <laughs> Bisco stud. Um, so you were mentioning a certain uh, a certain king there, Eric, before. Mm-hmm. Yes, he he would be my du- my stud for the week. One Nick Foles does it again. Four hundred seventy-one yards, four touchdowns. 
in the win for the Eagles, thus keeping them in playoff contention. And watch, watch, he's gonna do it again. And they and and the Vikings are gonna lose to the Bears. They're gonna sneak into the playoffs, and Foles is gonna ride them to the Super Bowl again. And then Wentz is completely done. I'm sorry, I don't care how much talent he has, especially with the health risk hit that he has. If I were the Eagles, I'd be like, nope, nope, we've got our quarterback. Nick Foles is the man. Uh, Eric, I do believe you need to refer to Mr. Foles properly. Well, obviously, he is, and he has taken the mantle and will assume it nearly permanently. Big dick Nick Foles. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Jason Stud. Well, outside of my fantasy football performance, three championships this weekend. One of my championships, I can be grateful to have Russell Wilson on my team. Going into that night's game, down 31 points. Russell Wilson, the only player I had. What does he do? He gets me three touchdowns for 271 yards on 18 of 29 attempts. And um, he even adds 57 yards rushing. So, simply because he won me almost $750, yeah, I'm going to give him my award for the stud of the week. So we were kind of talking about this in our pre-show, and one of the other names that came up as a fantasy stud for the week is a man who hasn't played professional football in approximately five years. Former... Denver Bronco running back C.J. Anderson received a call from the Los Angeles Rams this week when it was realized that Todd Gurley would not be able to play against the Arizona Cardinals. It's the Cardinals. Don't be that impressed. That being said, Anderson rushes for 167 yards, one short of his career high, of the 269 giggity yards that the Rams had on the ground and the Rams continue their pace to have the second first-round bye in the NFC, maintaining a one-game lead over the Chicago Bears with a 31-9 victory over the Arizona Cardinals. Which I also fact, had C.J. Anderson in that big-money league once I realized Todd Gurley was out. I mean, not to mention being able to do that just off the street is still impressive in its own right. Although, what, what does it say about the Cardinals? And well, more importantly, for that total rushing yardage, nice. What what's with guys who haven't played in a while and doing very well this year? That's first first uh, Josh Johnson and now uh, C.J. Anderson. Josh, don't don't get him started, Brandon. Please. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna get him started coming up. So I still can't comprehend that, and believe me. After things that have transpired, I have a Homer rant. Now I have two. Ugh. Eric Dud. Now, granted, I am going to preface this by saying, Matt Bosher, you are beyond stud. That was arguably the most epic for the brand moment in several years. Lit him the fuck up. Can John Barner, uh, 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 as much of a for the brand moment as that was, sorry, bro, you just can't, just, just no. 
you're running out there, returning the kick, minding your own business, and you let that happen to you? No, I got to hand you this dud, because seriously, you took a major L. I I do believe that Matt Bosher just collected Canyon Barner's man card with that one. (laughs) He snatched it right out of his pocket on the way throwing him down. Picked up, thank you, smash. (laughs) Lit him the fuck up. (laughs) Jason, dud. My dad comes out of the windy city of Chicago, who I don't I don't know what happened. Um, Cohen had was predicted to have such a great game, threat out of the backfield, nice split with Jordan Howard, has been on sort of a roll, comes out and gets a total of nineteen yards, twelve of those on the ground. I had him in a fantasy league against somebody. I can't remember who it was. <clears throat> Harry. Uh, but, um, and I still managed to win the league, uh, just in case y'all forgot, in the past five minutes. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, he has been highly touted to the point where the Bears have even pondered moving on from Jordan Howard who's had 1,000-yard rushing years just about every year in the league. But, yeah, I'm pretty sure this this instance this week kind of solidified that he's just going to be a change of pace back, not the lead back in Chicago. Brandon, dud. So this team was trying to stay in playoff contention. They were play. They were playing a team. I won't say who because we'll talk about that later. But a team that um, hasn't hasn't exactly been uh, very competitive this year, and yet they still managed to lose by ten. This team, of course, is the Miami Dolphins. You're playing for your playoff lives, and you and you proceed to almost put up a goose egg. What? The hell. And against a crappy team, nonetheless. They're set to make some changes. The Dolphins were almost my so that happened, but uh, I, yes, there, there's about two rants coming and pour one out for the homers. <sighs> Oakland. In what will probably be the last game in O.co, facing a team that still has outside chances at making the postseason, and Denver comes in there and lays an absolute egg, twenty-seven to fourteen. You lost to Daredas in O.co. With your playoff hopes on the line. Take this dud, Case Keenum. Take this dud. Well, pretty much everybody else on the team. (laughs) And Philip Lindsay, kiss your rookie of the year dreams. Goodbye. Hey. He wasn't getting rookie of the year. He wasn't getting rookie of the year anyway. 
Not to mention the Gruden Grinders had to show up sometime. How fitting on the last Monday night game of the season. <laughs> the irony is thicker around here, is it not, Eric? Oh, you could cut through it with a knife like some sweet potato pie. Mmm, Christmas pies. Oh. Eric? Yeah, So, that happened. I, I mean, see, this one was tough for me because honorable mention to, speaking of playoff team, or they were, Mike Tannenbaum now being on the hot seat in Miami, but uh, I got to dig a little deeper. As you know, 14 of the 16 games in Week 16 had playoff implications. Boy, hell, did a lot of those deliver. Between the Patriots thanking Big Dick Nick Foles for putting them in a position to get a first-round bye, to the Colts doing themselves a favor and getting help, meaning that my prediction for the AFC South may come true. I'm just saying, at this point, stranger things have happened. It's to uh, all the situations with the other first-round buys and now Kansas City and San Diego when it's like, wow, is anybody really going to leave their house week 17? Is this what the league was really envisioning at the start of the year? Because if so, hey, I'm along for the ride. <laughs> You know, with everything going on with uh, Houston and Indianapolis and everything there, and uh, Tennessee even, you notice that they switched out the Sunday night game to Tennessee against Indianapolis where it's a win-and-you're-in situation. Uh Not, Not just that. As it stands right now, it's win and you're in. But if a certain homer team can pull one more win out of their ass, then that Sunday night game becomes winner takes the South. Yeah, but I think we both know that certain Homer team is not going to make that happen. (laughs) Yeah, I highly doubt. Look, I'll explain later. Trust me on that one. Honestly, the the two most interesting games for me in each division are the two North games in the uh, AFC and the Eagles game and the Bears game in the NFC. See, I think the uh, the thing with the Bears-Vikings is going to have ripple effects throughout this entire postseason here because I, I genuinely think that the Bears are going to knock the Vikings out of the postseason. Well, the if the Eagles win, then they would get knocked out. If, if they have a chance to make the playoffs by beating Washington, I'm pretty sure the Eagles are going to win. Yeah, very true. That being said, though, the concern for me becomes with regards to uh, the Rams then. The Rams play who? Seattle, I think? Yes. Or do they get Arizona? No, they get Arizona. Okay, so then that means that it's probably going to be a lost cause for the Bears in terms of that number one over or that number two seed in the NFC anyway. So they may take it kind of easy in that one o'clock game against the Vikings. 
Very true. Very true. Knowing that the Rams could walk up the two seed and ensure that the Bears have to play the following weekend anyway. Mm-hmm. Jason. Imagine playing for your your life and that your 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 coaches prestige being one of the prestigious AFC teams ever. Fourth quarter, you're driving the ball in the NFC number one seed, New Orleans. You throw a little out pass. You got a young, sure-handed receiver catches the ball, and he fumbles, costing you the game and a fantasy football championship if you're Harry. So, this is my... So that happened. Juju, great catch, nice little try to advance the ball, run, help his team out, coughs up the football, and costs his team the game, and actually puts his team, the Pittsburgh Steelers, doing something that they probably are not comfortable doing. They have to cheer on the Cleveland Browns to win this week or their playoff Hopes are over. I don't think that there is a universe that exists that Pittsburgh Steelers fans thought that they would become Cleveland Browns fans this week at 425. But well, this son is of what up. happens when you start your season with a tie. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, but and your kicker costs you two games. In Minnesota's case, that tie could come back and end up helping them get a wild card in the NFC. Very true. Because they could end up going uh, nine, uh, yeah, nine, six, and one to Philadelphia's nine and seven. Because I believe that Philadelphia has a better record in the NFC than uh, Minnesota does. Well, it all I know based on how I've done it, if if Philly wins and Minnesota loses, then Philly's in. That is the exact way that it works out. Yes. Because then Philly would be nine and seven, Minnesota would be eight, seven, and one. Yes. Vice versa, if Minnesota wins, then it doesn't matter what Philadelphia loses, because Minnesota would be nine, six, and one. Exactly. Brandon, so that happened. Before I get into my so that happened, uh, the Seahawks are actually playing the Cardinals. The Rams are playing the 49ers. I was just about to say, I looked that up, and yeah. I was like, I thought the Rams and Niners were playing. Yes. That one could be tricky. And I, the Niners are playing better, but I still think the Rams, especially because they're going for that number one, that first round bye, uh, I think they definitely have this. Um, I, I would agree to an extent. However, Nick Mullins performed probably better than expected against Chicago, even though they didn't get the victory. True. Not to mention Rams-Niners games when one of them is really good the past four or five years and the other is terrible. That terrible team manages to sneak some upset results. True. But for my so that happened, not sure if this goes to uh, Randy Orton level of craziness and and just bad, bad luck. Um and I'm sure Harry and Jason know what I'm talking about. But while working out on Wednesday after practice, 
Eric Tomlinson of the Jets proceeded to drop a weight on his foot, lacerating two toes and requiring surgery, and he's out for the remainder of the season. So the bad luck and just the horrible season for the Jets continues and has a very crappy end to it. Uh, ow. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets? Yeah, pretty much. It just, it's hard to have be a franchise for that long and still find new ways to fail. <laughs> oh, I know. You, you know. you know what I'm referencing to with Orton, Harry, correct? Uh, the sh- throwing out the shoulder thing? With, while taking out the trash, yes. Yeah. Well, th- that reminds me of the baseball player who slipped in the dugout and yeah. ended up breaking yeah. it. Breaking his foot, or or um, what kicker was it who was celebrating after making a field goal? In... Martin Dramatica. Or <laughs> <laughs> you had that. another baseball player that was carrying groceries and slipped down the stairs and broke his collarbone. Mm-hmm. Or somebody opening Christmas presents and end up lacerating their hand, like one Christmas and requiring like a massive amount of stitches and. <laughs> Uh, it was he was hoping up a CD case, and he lacerated his hand with a knife. Would would this be related to you? No, this was it was an NFL player. Oh, okay. Hold I, on, I'll look it. Up. I'll look it up real quick. I will be the first person to say that CD cases can be dangerous. Oh yes. That is not, that, this is why I am strictly digital media these days. Anywho. Um, Brandon, you know how you're constantly bitching that bowl games don't matter? Yeah. Well, in the case of the Surf Pro First Responders Bowl, <laughs> it literally doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. The what? The, the Surf <laughs> Pro First Responders Bowl. I know. I, I had a tongue twister when I saw it, too. Boston College out of the ACC takes on Boise State, number 25 in the country, Boise State, I will point out. Out of the Mountain West. There is a touchdown scored by Boston College. There is a very, very heavy weather delay coming out of the first half. The game is canceled. Not delayed. Not postponed. They canceled the bowl game. Here's my question. Would this go down as a tie in your season record? I... Well, wouldn't it be no, like a the no... game gets thrown out? Yeah, it gets thrown out. It's basically yeah. a no contest. That's no fun. I want more ties in college football. <laughs> well, no, we that don't need more ties. Pittsburgh. Well, if you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan right now, you're hoping for a tie in that Tennessee Indianapolis game. True. <laughs> Very true. All right. Well, here's one. Brandon Marshall slips on a. McDonald's rapper and hurts himself. That's like a very Brandon Marshall thing to do. Yeah, it does. Did you find the uh, person that you were looking for for the... No, I'm looking at the top 50 um, most ridiculous sports injuries ever. And there are some pretty funny, funny ones. Somebody fell off of the... Brian Greasy 
uh, tripped my dog. I've actually heard that story before. You you may have uh, to send this to Lionel, me so I can link to it on uh, on the description. Lionel Simmons plays too much Game Boy and hurts himself. Oh, <laughs> when reached for Carl, uh, Simmons had oh, it was it was a it was a um, it was a baseball player. It's number fifteen. It is Phillies pitcher Adam Eaton was having to cut himself opening a. Trying to open up a DVD of Big Mama's House. Oh. Ah! <laughs> what is that? Can I point out that that's what he gets for watching Big Mama's House? Yeah, really. This is my exact point. It's so good. <laughs> um, yeah. Send that link to Brandon so we can include it in the, uh, in the show. Right. Grant Malford uh, gets hurt trying out for the WWE. Really? The name rings a bell. He was a pitcher for the Rays. Kevin Mitchell breaks a tooth eating a donut. Okay, in fairness, I've snapped a filling on a Tic Tac before. Shit happens. (laughs) Uh, Of course, Platico shoots himself in the leg. Yeah, well, we all know that one. John smokes iron shirt while wearing it. (laughs) What? Now I that's funny because that that, that's funny because it's ripping on Harry's team. Here, here's one. Here's one that hits close to home for Eric. Chris Hansen chops off own foot with axe. I, I uh, and yet people wonder why I'm not going to the axe throwing place that serves alcohol. You keep me away from there. <laughs> and the number one is Brian Anderson irons his own face. These boys ain't bright. We'll, yeah, we'll, no. link, the, we'll link the article in the description yeah. so you guys can go check. It's ridiculous. Now, miss out for yourself. We do need to move on, however. So, usually this would be the part of the show where we do buy yourself. However, given the fact that we are now freshly upon starting this Saturday the New Year's Six Bowl games. Instead, we are going to bring to you some predictions. We will also be touching on these games a little bit later on in the show when we pick our upset pick from these New Year's Six. These six predictions we're about to make each for the New Year's Six Bowl games are strictly straight up. Point spread does not apply. Give me the winner of the game. Okay. All right, let me... Get to my spot on ESPN.com so that way I can grab all six of these games without screwing anything up. All right. Are we ready? Yep. Yes. We Maybe. Start with... <laughs> Thanks, Jason. <laughs> we start with the obvious place here. We're pouring one out for the homers early tonight. The Florida Gators and the Michigan Wolverines in the Peach Bowl. Eric? Since this is a bowl game that is not in the state of Florida, I'm actually going to take the Gators for this one. In Michigan, things fell a bit short. I think they're going to have that bit of a hangover. But they're going to use this as something to really build off of for 2019. But on the night, oh... God, I'm going to be seeing the Gator Chomp in my sleep. 
Recognize that chomp, sucker. <laughs> Brandon? Um, yeah, um, since this one is in Atlanta, and, and thus much closer to Florida, and you would expect much more Florida fans to be there, I, I, I was originally thinking of taking Michigan, but I am in agreement with Eric. I am taking Florida. Yeah, if the game were actually in Florida, history would say you pick the Wolverines. But no. Mm -mm. Um, I would argue that you could still pick the Wolverines based on recent history. I'll discuss that when I make my prediction for this game and pour one out for the homers. Jason? I'm taking Michigan Wolverines. Of course you are, you schmuck. Like I said, I'll, I'll talk more about this game and pour one out for the homers. I will just state for the record right now that I am taking Florida, but I think it's going to be a close game. Mm-hmm. I would agree we, with that. We mm-hmm. move to the first of the two semifinals in the college football playoff as the Goodyear Cotton Bowl in Dallas hosts number three Notre Dame at number two Clemson. Eric? <sighs> As much as I would like Notre Dame, Clemson squeaks by here. Wait, you're saying you'd want Notre Dame to win and you're a Miami fan? Yeah, it's that topsy-turvy now, isn't it? (laughs) I I can identify with my old used-to-be Catholic side on But it, it matter no, I want to win just to see that little bit of shakeup. I think Clemson and Trevor Lawrence are just going to ball out again. Brandon. Once again, I am in complete agreement with Eric. While I would love to see Notre Dame win for multiple reasons, uh, yeah, no. I think Clemson's going to pull it out yet again. Jason, uh, based on recent um, actions against Clemson, I think they're going to be shorthanded, go in overconfident. And as much as I hate to say it, I'm going to take Notre Dame because of the recent um, sanctions taken against Clemson. That That's is good a good point. That's a good word to use. I would agree that Clemson's going to come into this game distracted, but I think there's too much talent with Dabo Sweeney's Clemson team to uh, catch, to be caught slipping against Notre Dame. Well, mm-hmm. I'm, Dabo's, Dabo is possibly rumored this is his last game at Clemson. I doubt it. I've heard those rumors, but I doubt it. I mean, I, I hear that he's eyeballing Ohio State. I'm just saying. He becomes available. And I've also been hearing about rumors circling around Jim Harbaugh and Brian Kelly. I would only believe one of those. I think Dabble knows he's got it too good, especially now. Well, this is this is the problem he's having is 
he's putting up these tremendous top five seasons and nobody's appreciating it. And he's not he's not feeling love from the the higher ups putting Clemson back on the map as a national football powerhouse and they're just kinda not satisfied with what he's doing there and he's feeling really slighted by by the the board and the upper echelon, the AD and everything is kind of pissing him off. I mean, that's just the reports I've heard. I just, I think people are going to read more into that than is actually fair. Dabo Sweeney is the second highest paid coach in college football right now. It would take an absolutely insane offer from any university to lure him away from Clemson where he has a national championship. Mm-hmm. That being said here, I think Dabo Sweeney outclasses Brian Kelly here, despite the fact that Brian Kelly has probably been the best coach in college football this year with the job that he's done at Notre Dame and the Clemson Tigers once again advance to the championship game of the college football playoff. We move on to the other side of the college football playoff as number four Oklahoma takes on number one Alabama in Miami in the Orange Bowl. Eric? There's a huge part of me that's saying Alabama just because. But honestly, given what I've seen of Oklahoma and given Nick Saban's recent history, I think the Sooners pull this one off. Wow. Brandon. Um... I'm I'm completely opposite of Eric here. While I would love to see Oklahoma pull off the quote unquote upset, um, yeah, there, there's no way Oklahoma can overcome the twelfth uh, man, and I'm not talking about the fans. Are you referring to certain zebras? I am. Uh, the referees are biased against Oklahoma. No, no, not against Oklahoma for Alabama. You referees are biased. Everybody only cares about the SEC. The same old song and dance for two years on this show, Brandon. It's not wrong, though. I strongly disagree with that, but fair enough. Jason, who you got here? As much as I agree that there's SEC bias when it comes to the referees, Oklahoma. Oklahoma by touchdown. Well, you've been saying since we started, before we even got into the bowl season predictions, that you were going to take Oklahoma. So, give you credit yeah. for having the balls to stick by it. At least, I, and I brought Eric to the dark side with me. Yeah, I, I, there's just something about how that Oklahoma offense is and how Kyler Murray is. Saban traditionally has had trouble in these situations, even with this extra time to prepare. Not to mention, Jason lived up to the promise of cookies, so here I am. Wait a minute. There were Christmas cookies and I didn't get any? What the hell, Jason? Hey, there are only cookies on the dark side, bro. You've been (laughs) saying it for years. Yeah. You come to the dark side, you get cookies. Double stuffed Oreos sometimes. 
Alabama absolutely bitch slaps Oklahoma here. It's not even close. At, at least three scores. Uh, would you give me Oklahoma in 21 then? I mean, we can make another on-air bet. I mean, we know your track record against me betting. <laughs> wait, wait. Are you I'll legit give you- Oklahoma plus 21? Let me in he, on this. He said, he said by, by at least three scores. So I'll take Oklahoma in 21. I'll yeah, give you me Oklahoma, too. I'll give you 17. 19 and a half. No, because that's not splitting the difference. 19 would split the difference. I'll give All you right. 19. Give me 19. Well, what, what do you, what's, I'll even let you pick the bet this time because, you know. We'll figure that out later. All right. Yep. We have other games to get to, so we'll figure that out later. We move to January. I could actually make a custom bet for this on my bookie to boot. Hmm. <laughs> We move to the January 1st games as LSU, number 11 in the country, takes on Central Florida, number 8 in the country. We go to Tempe, Arizona, and University of Phoenix Stadium for the Fiesta Bowl. Eric? UCF has done well in the Fiesta Bowl before. UCF has done well against SEC teams in New Year's Six games. I'm sticking and taking with UCF. Copy and paste your picks for Brandon's at this point. <laughs> hey, I took Alabama instead of Oklahoma, so. Yeah, but I know you're taking UCF. So well, of course. Know. Of course. UCF is going to prove once again why they are the real national champions and to say screw you to the college football playoff, screw you to the NCAA for having no balls, and screw you to all the stupid fans who don't understand that college football is a rigged and fake sport. Now remember, upper division college football is the reason that the NCAA even exists to begin with. Just throwing that little history bit out there. And yet they have absolutely no control over it now, which is the irony. They They never really did, if you think about it. I mean, come on. The first collegiate football game was played Princeton against Rutgers, 1869. Rutgers I had for seats. <laughs> Rutgers won at 6-4. The Interscholastic Athletic Association of the United States, which would become the NCAA, did not exist until 1905. Mm-hmm. Just oh, saying, I know. They never had control of it to begin with. I agree. I'm Real quick, I just want to point out that this history lesson brought to you by Eric Watkins of The Kickoff, a presentation of the W2M Network. (laughs) Thanks, Professor Watkins. Appreciate it. (laughs) More than welcome. Anytime. Now, if only I could get that sponsored by my bookies. (laughs) I really need to look at my tweets, damn it. (laughs) And where would people find my bookie if they were to sponsor us, Eric? Well, obviously, you go to at BetMyBookie on Twitter. They claim they respond to every tweet and direct message, but they're not perfect, and that's okay, because you can still go to MyBookie.ag, and you can still use promo code PAT for a 50% deposit bonus on your first deposit. 
Not to mention, if you sign up for their emails and follow them on Twitter, they offer great promotions all the time, including free play-ins, free casino chips, free betting squares, and of course, up to $100 or 100% sports deposits, depending on the game. MyBookie.ag, you play, you win, you get paid. The only reason I let him get away with this is because it's for the brand. (laughs) (laughs) Remember, every Thursday, be Pat McAfee, Ikea Furniture, Ski Ball, you name it. (laughs) I do like, Christine actually got me a little mini Ski Ball game for Christmas. The coolest little thing. I'll have to send you guys a picture of it once we're done with the show. All right, let's move on. Jason, who you got? UCF or LSU? God, I won't puke in my mouth a little bit by saying this, but God. oh God, I'm taking the SEC team. Oh God, you're selling I'm out. Uh, no, I'm not I'm selling out. It'd be reasonable. UCF without their starting quarterback and natural leader against a pretty solid LSU team. Yeah, I'm going to go with um, I'm going to go with LSU. Yeah, I'm going to state for the record that should Mackenzie Milton not have gotten busted up in the final regular season game, the war on I-4 against South Florida, then I would 100% be behind UCF in this game, actually. Because LSU has been an up-and-down team all season. The LSU team that pounded Georgia is the same LSU team that got whacked by Florida. No Mackenzie Milton, no victory. The winning streak dies in Tempe. Here's the thing about this, though, that I I think you two are underestimating. And yes, this is kind of uh, subverting the accomplishment, but it is true, unfortunately. UCF is going into this game like it is their national championship. Mm-hmm. LSU, on the other hand, is going in the, there as it's a throwaway exhibition game because they did not get into the playoffs. Not to mention the fact that that backup quarterback who had an overall damn good performance in the American Conference Championship game against Memphis now can sit back. He knows he's the guy and he's had time to prepare. I think this is going to make this UCF team even more dangerous. And he wanted to prove what he can do and, and get all the talks of Milton, you know, being gone and everything in the past. Absolutely. I will agree with you on one point there. The backup quarterback at UCF proved himself capable against Memphis. That being said, Memphis is a much different animal than Louisiana State University. I, I completely agree, but weren't we having this – Pretty much this exact same argument with UCF with Mackenzie Milton against Auburn last mm-hmm. year. Indeed we were. And okay. I was wrong about that, and I was the first person to come on the show and admit that I was wrong about that. Fool me once, shame on me. No, no, it's fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on, on me. And it'll be shame on you in a couple of days. But that's all. All right, let's move on. (laughs) You won't get fooled again, huh? I'd Pete Townsend scream here, but people probably listen to this on headphones and nobody wants that. All right, let's (laughs) move on here. 
Let's go out to Pasadena, California, gentlemen. As the champions of the Pac-12, Washington, take on the champions of the Big Ten, Ohio State. And, yeah, I don't think there's going to be any real question about this one. Eric? Oh, have you seen Washington lately? Did you see them in that Pac-12 title game? I think with everything going on, knowing that this is a last hurrah, Oh, God. I have to put up with more of Ohio State. Brandon. Yeah, they're going to want to send Urban Meyer out with a bang. Ohio State. Jason. Unfortunately, I have to agree and take Ohio State. It physically pains me to do this, but seeing as I'm in the state, I kind of have to here. O-H-I-O. <laughs> they won't get out of my life. We know! <laughs> Let's go back to the state of Texas, to the Sugar Bowl, where oh. number 15, Texas, takes on number 5, Georgia. Brandon? Um... Yeah, Georgia's going to be coming in there hot because they probably feel like they got snubbed. So, yeah, Georgia's going to pounce on those Longhorns and, yeah. Eric. Georgia, those Bulldogs are going to be seeing every voodoo priest and priestess (laughs) they possibly can. There's going to be a lot of partying on the French Quarter. Yeah, uh, the dogs, the Longhorns are going to pull up a fight because they're heading practically right next door, but no, it's going to be a dog day afternoon, or evening in this case. Jason? (sighs) It's going to pain me to say this, but horns up, Texas. Mm -hmm. Oh, I got one better for you. Hey, Jason. What? Hook them. Texas beats Georgia. I mean, that could be considered poor one out for the homers because it's a Big 12 school over an SEC school. So, <laughs> Well, if it makes you feel any better, we're about to go to poor one out for the homers right now. Segway. Doesn't make me feel any damn better. (laughs) And we're actually going to start with the Big 12, Jason, as the West Virginia Mountaineers have their bowl game tomorrow against Syracuse. Will Greer has announced that he is not playing, saving his position for the draft. That being said, this is a Syracuse team that has been very inconsistent over the last three weeks. Where do you put your chances for this game? I originally, in all my bowl pickings, I took Syracuse. But I actually think with the whole Greer thing that West Virginia is going to come out and um, rekindle that rivalry, kick Syracuse's ass, and. Um, let Greer go out with a win and start Allison as um, the the rain a game early. So give me 
I think West Virginia's going to come out with play with some heart tomorrow, opposed to what they've done recently. Speaking of teams that have shown no heart the last couple of weeks. Uh, Walk Wisconsin, Eric? And Kosey Perry. Let me tell you something. If you are going to have a tape or any kind of footage of yourself having sex, do what? I may or may not have had done. Go to many vids. Maybe keep it tucked away and then down the road make some money off it. Or even better, keep it on your phone, put it on a memory card, and if you really are into that, not that there's anything wrong either way, say you have a 75-inch big screen that you have access to or even a 65 inch watch it on that the hell are you doing posting it on snapchat <laughs> Bill, granted with the kind of things that i have done and i have sent on snapchat i'm not doing this from a higher moral ground i'm doing this as more of a keep your damn shenanigans to yourself sometimes in cozy perry I mean, really? <laughs> really? I see the score, and that's one thing. Then I see a tweet from my bookie of all places that's saying this? Jesus. Jumped up, Christ. So, so how ha, do you like getting uh, destroyed by the Badgers two years in a row? I ignored it. I was at work during this game. <laughs> I don't like Yankee Stadium for a reason. Don't give a damn if they specifically built it to host bowl games like this. I just... It all made sense. I knew things were going way too good for me the past couple of weeks. Then today happened. First my issues with shenanigans and now that. And hey, I can't I even say I was disappointed because I expected it. Hey, Eric, I've got two things to say to you. Let's go Yankees, and let's go Badgers. <sighs> <laughs> At least I have some hope in basketball. And in college baseball, maybe. Okay, um, you were all, saying about basketball? Wait, wait, stop. My turn. First of all, on behalf of the rest of the nation, fuck the Yankees. No! Second of all, yeah... You guys keep getting rolled by Wisconsin. It is kind of funny. If it makes you feel any better, Eric, Florida's going to do the same thing to you at the start of next season. And, and you were saying about basketball, Eric? Yeah, we're at least half decent, but that just... College uh, players where we prove ourselves. Just, just remember who beat you in the beginning of the season. ACC play. Everything leading up to that doesn't matter as much as long as we tread water, which we are. Okay, you want to try your sentence again, Brandon, since you talked over him and I only heard Eric because he has a louder voice? <laughs> um, uh, what what happened at the beginning of the season? I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, I think you do. No, he's had a great start to the season. I was surprised. I don't know what – I actually literally don't know what he's talking about. Uh, Seeing Hall, Hall uh, being them? 
bro. Step your game up. Come on. You can't be losing to them. <laughs> but it was a tournament final. Exactly. It Makes it even bigger. Hey, Eric, if you need any advice on how to beat Seton Hall, ask Kansas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Notice he's got nothing to say now. Kansas is going to be competent in football. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's move over to my poor one out for the homers on the college range here. We kind of touched on the Florida-Michigan game. The last time these two teams met, it was at the beginning of the 2017 regular season. Right when we were starting this show, it did not go well for my Gators. I believe that this is a different Gators team than that Gators team was, especially because there's a different coach with a revenge factor in this game. Eric, can you tell me who the coach of the Florida Gators was last year? Last year? Yes. Why the hell am I drawing a blank? Jim McElwain. Oh, yeah, yeah, that guy. The former Colorado State head coach. Would you like to know? I completely forgot about him. (laughs) Would you like to know who the offensive coordinator for Michigan is? Uh Uh-oh. (laughs) <laughs> Jim McElwain. Oh my God, things make so much more sense now. Revenge is a bitch, Michigan. <laughs> Go Gators. As far as Penn State and Kentucky goes, this one I'm actually a little bit more nervous about because Penn State plays up to teams that they should beat and down to teams that they shouldn't. Kentucky, yeah, one of those- Kentucky has a chance to break your heart twice. <laughs> Kentucky is one of those in-between teams. They're not necessarily good, but they're much improved. I think Penn State may end up taking this game for granted, and Kentucky may end up surprising them. I'm going on the record as officially picking Penn State, but I would not be at all surprised if the Wildcats beat the Nittany Lions. But can you Kentucky fry lion meat is the question. (laughs) You do realize that Gators in a Hurricane is the thing sci-fi movies are made of, right? <laughs> yeah, but, but they, neither of them pale in comparison to a Sharknado, so... Gator Nado? going to draw. Uh, Gator Cane, I believe it would be Gator called. Gator Cane, there we go. Hurrigator? Jason, which sounds better, Gator Cane or Hurrigator? I like Hurrigator. I like Gert- Gator Cane. So do I. Gator came. Well, you get you get the confusion with Gatorade. There's legal. There could possibly legal ramifications. I'm going with Hurricane myself. All right, let's move on here. Move over to the National Football League, where the Giants led for most of the game against Indianapolis. That, the Giants and Indianapolis game never happened. <laughs> they, 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 the could, yeah, they, they could have been the damn up. The, the, mm. Didn't happen. Until Andrew Luck decided enough of this shit and the Indianapolis Colts reestablished themselves as potentially the number six seed in the AFC playoff picture here. They the could Giants Clark remembered that I was the one good enough and smart enough to pick Indianapolis to win the division at the beginning of the season. I'm telling you, he hears these things. The Giants close their season playing the Cowboys in a game that means literally nothing for Dallas and everything for the Giants. Brandon? 
your thoughts? Um, yeah, the Giants could have played spoiler last week and failed miserably, and it was very disappointing. This week, while I hear you, I understand what you're saying about Dallas, I just have this bad foreboding feeling that the Cowboys might win this game, but I don't know. You, uh, we're kicking you out of Big Blue Nation. You ever take Cowboys over the Giants? I didn't that, say I'm uh, going to take them. But... That is blasphemy, and uh, <laughs> we we will not stand for that. Uh, you you can go you can go suck up to a certain uh, showrunner of this network and become a Cowgirls fan because the last time they won a playoff game or a Super Bowl, their shit was on. Uh, Sports Illustrated VHS tapes. Oh, I know. I know these things. I'm just saying when Cowboys fans want to watch their important memories, they turn on the History Channel. Yep. Just saying. Anywho, uh, Jason, what are your thoughts going into the game this Sunday? Uh, Giants by 50. <laughs> I actually kind of hope that happens because that gives us guarantees us picking a spot ahead of you in the draft. Of course, Odell sitting. Uh, they're talking about sitting Saquon. Giants by 50. <laughs> I, will not pers- I will not forsake Big Blue Nation and even mention the Cowgirls even remotely in a positive light. No. They're all going to get chlamydia and, and rape, <laughs> rape sheep. The Cowgirls... Uh, their new sponsor is going to be like Pornhub or something. Oh, God. That's where they're going to get the, the new uh, Dallas cheerleaders. And um, I don't know. Some of those chicks on Pornhub would be definitely worth seeing in a cheerleading outfit. I'm just saying. Uh, if seen... Pornhub is good enough for Chiseled Adonis, it would be good enough to find cheerleaders. And I would personally go to Dallas to oversee things. I mean, I've seen some Instagram pictures of some Pornhub stars, and I've been quite impressed. Um, but I will not give them a decent light. Uh, I think that um, I think they're all um, a bunch of jerk offs that um, like to touch little children, and um, they're going to lose by fifty this weekend. On a slightly less vulgar note, the Jacksonville Jaguars, okay, maybe as vulgar in the tone of context for this conversation most of the show, the Jacksonville Jaguars take on the Houston Texans. Houston actually does have something to play for, Eric. I feel like this is going to end absolutely horrendously for you. Uh, You know what? I said the same thing about the Miami game. Did I not go on record? and say that Ryan Tannehill would be the first 300-yard passer the Jaguars would allow this season? You did. Did that happen? I did not see the stat line. No, it no. did not. We held him to about a buck fifty. Now, granted, the Jaguars have scored a grand total of three touchdowns in the past two games. Only one of those having been on offense. 
Blake Bortles is back at the helm, knowing that this will be his last game in Jacksonville, knowing that above all hell, we can really go in, pull a Jacksonville maneuver, and screw everything up like we do, and beat Houston, and thus making my prediction right, allowing Andrew Luck, the captain himself, to swoop in, write those old-timey letters as AFC South Division champs. How in the hell? Where did all of this come from is what I want to know. It was a few weeks in the season. Everything's good. I'm feeling a little bit bigger. I got to get some new boxers. Everything's fantastic. And then everything turns into the steaming pile of horse shit that I anticipated. And then some. And then, just when everything is at its nadir, losing to Josh Johnson, who will be playing in an entirely different league in about six weeks. We do this. We do this. I wonder if he's still contractually obligated to the AAF now that he's been back in the NFL. My God is telling me yes, because I doubt that any other NFL team would really want him as anything more of a backup at this point. This is just practice for him. Practice? was waiting for that, because if you didn't, Brandon, I was going to. It's just... All right. In the interest of moving the show along, Eric, flip the script. Oh, okay. Um, how can I best ask this question? How do you feel knowing that your team, of all things, couldn't do what Miami did and delay the inevitable for the Patriots by just one more week, giving us all that false sense of security? How do you with how does it feel knowing that Buffalo couldn't circle the wagons this time? If you guys listened to the show last week, I said that we were going to get slaughtered by New England. So, frankly, the fact that we only lost by 12 is a victory to me. Fair enough. True, but I had some hope. <laughs> Real quick, just fuck each and every part of Tom Brady. Fuck Bill Belichick. And fuck anyone associated with those Foxborough jackoffs. Are, are you coming out of the closet and confessing your love and <laughs> your uh, Bill Belichick? Is that what you're admitting to us? For those interested in implying to be a guest host on season three of the kickoff, Garmer <laughs> at gmail.com. Um, so, um, hey, guess what? The Giants are still 0-2, or still 2-0 against the Patriots in the Super Bowl. So, yeah. Think about that. The only way Tom Brady gets a, gets a ring from Eli is if they go to Jared's. <laughs> Alright, real quick here. One thing I do want to talk about, though, in regards to the Homer situation here is fun fact. If the season were to have ended after week 16, 7, 8, 9 in the NFL draft. Buffalo, the Giants, Jacksonville. <laughs> That's Tells funny. you what kind of season it was here on the kickoff. Yeah. And we may, we may still be back to back to back at the end of this week. We'll 
see what happens. I'm sure there are plenty of shenanigans to forthcome this Sunday. Buffalo plays Miami, for those wondering. Ideally, I want us to beat Miami. Realistically, it would make more sense for us not to. That being said, if you guys remember, when we did our season preview, I picked Buffalo to win six games. A victory over Miami would give us six wins. I'm going to have to take Buffalo here. Fair enough. Eric. Now that I have that out of my system. Get it together. Okay. Um, the Longhorns, you're kind of carrying a bit of a flag right now because uh, when it comes to Texas schools and these bowl games, let's see. There was the Rochelle Ryan incident with Utah State in which Utah State uh, beat a certain executive producer's alma mater in North Texas, beat them quite handily. But you're thinking it's only one it could get better. The Houston Cougars. When you're down 49-3, to you're on your opponent's 30-yard line and it's fourth down. You decide to punt. Why are you even there if you're punting in that situation? Yes, you go on to lose 70 to 14, but could you at least act like you care even though you really don't? So I say this to all Texas schools, and that includes you, Baylor. I see you're struggling and having to deal with Vanderbilt. Texas schools and bowl games, for my sake, get it together. Um, well, one of those teams I don't think is going to help you too much on New Year's. No. Probably not. Not what me and Jason think. Fair enough. Brandon, get it together. <sighs> so, unfortunately, Harry, you are starting to be proven correct. And, um... Oh, thank you. What specifically about? <laughs> um, you know how you said it when, when we were... When, when Eric and I were getting on to you about what time it was, you were saying, oh, just wait until December? Yeah, looks like you might be correct. Kansas City Chiefs, get it together before the playoffs. You've lost two straight. You need to get your mojo back. You don't want to be going into the playoffs on a slump. It was Mahomes' time. Now it's Andy Reid's time. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. I don't think you can put either of these two losses on Mahomes, though. Oh, no. Like, I I will be the first person to admit that I was absolutely burying the kid in the preseason here. I thought that this dude was going to be the second coming of RG3 in Washington. That's how bad I thought he was going to suck. Well, that could still happen. Well, he's a better passer and more of a passing quarterback than RG3. But we all know I, how I mean, mobile quarterbacks go from the first to second season. But I meant more so in terms of the fact that RG3 was overhyped, overanticipated, and underperformed. I thought that Patrick Mahomes was overhyped, overanticipated, and was going to underperform. I was wrong about Patrick Mahomes. But as we've said from day one on the kickoff here, when Patrick Mahomes got handed the starting job in Kansas City, that is not Patrick Mahomes' team. 
That is Andy Reid's team, and Andy Reid fucks up good things in December and January. Yep. Mm-hmm. Jason, get it together. My get it together is the Pro Bowl snubs that happened when the list was released. Some recognizable names are Christian McCaffrey, Kamara, Russell Wilson, Jared Cook, and Matt Ryan. I mean, granted, the NFC running back squad is absolutely stacked with Zeke, Saquon, and Gurley. But, I mean, come on. You, Christian McCaffrey has been, like, lights out this year. I mean, he could have got a nod on there. Um, Matt Ryan has better numbers than both Aaron Rodgers and Golf, who did get nominated to the Pro Bowl. So I mean, come on. We need to we need to start taking Pro Bowl a little bit more serious so the players will take it more serious. Like Pat McAfee said, it's the only game you spend your spend seventeen weeks trying to get nominated to and two weeks trying to get out of playing in. <laughs> well, I mean I think that's part of it for why some of these guys were snubbed because they're thinking Maybe one of these guys that we did put in is going to get to the Super Bowl, and as a result, we're going to have to replace them with one of these other guys. Also, like you mentioned, this, the Pro Bowl is not what it used to be. Um, you know, out of all four of the All-Star games, the Pro Bowl is the one that probably matters the least in terms of fans and in terms of viewership and all of that, um, you know, the MLB All-Star Game, even without the winner gets home field advantage stipulation, still gets a lot of fans watching. The NBA All-Star Game gets fans watching, um, and the NHL All-Star Game gets fans watching. The Pro Bowl, not, I'm sure, if you looked at the ratings, that's probably the least... uh, the, the lowest rated out of the four. Um, but also, I think it's a situation of... Because are these... I'm trying to remember for the NFL. Are these fan voted or are they uh, voted by league? Yes. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's still fan voting. Okay, then... Look- I, think it's, I think it's actually a combination of the... They compile the pool of players to vote for and the fans vote on. Then, if it's fan voted, then it's very self-explanatory of what this is. Look at the players that were voted in, and look where they're coming from: Saquon Barkley, New York; you know, Ezekiel Elliott, Dallas, America's team. The Packers are a very popular team throughout the country, in spite of how mediocre they've been this year. Whereas a team like Carolina is a very regional, very under uh, underperforming team in terms of fan base. See, I, c- I can disprove that because Atlanta is a major city with a huge following. But and again, that's I, much more re- regional. 
outside of not. outside of the Georgia, you know, maybe parts of South Carolina, who is really a, you don't see Falcons probably, fans you outside have of more fan, you have probably have more fans in Atlanta than you do residents in Green Bay. But Green Bay well, but has, even, especially after what they did over, um, you know, back in the late two thousands, early teen, early teens, um, they became a lot of people were calling them like the second America's team, and they became very popular nationwide. Um, I would argue that the reason that Matt Ryan isn't in the Pro Bowl this year is because the Falcons are so horrendously under that. That was the second point I was going to make. So it's, the Packers, but the or Rogers got in because of his name and because of him being on the Packers, as compared to Ryan and the Falcons. Um, but also in terms of McCaffrey. I think not only do you have the issue of a lower fan base, a smaller fan base, but also he's been, you know, while he's been playing great individually, his team has been mediocre and has and wow. has gotten even worse at the end of the season when I feel more people are probably voting towards the end of the season than in the beginning, whereas the Giants have risen in stock over the last couple of weeks, excluding this I week, would- obviously. I would argue for Run CMC that the issue for him just falls that he's in an incredibly talented NFC rush running back division. True, that's also true. There's a lot of really good players and not a lot, not enough spots for those players there. Mm-hmm. Like you were saying earlier, though, Brandon, it's not like any of this really matters though because the Pro Bowl, like Jason quoting Pat McAfee said, there it's the one game of the year where nobody really wants to play in, despite the fact that the fans are voting them to it because. You would much rather be playing on that. You would rather much rather be resting that Sunday before the Super Bowl, knowing that you have the potential to take your team to the game. In this case, on CBS in '53. Yeah, which would I mean? I know it'll never happen, but do you guys do you guys think it would help if they moved the Pro Bowl over to the week after the Super Bowl? They tried that originally. They tried that originally, and the ratings were more garbage than they were now. Because oh, okay. About that, they were already at footballed out. Not to mention True. with the launch of the AAF going down the Sunday after Super Bowl Sunday this oh, year. Oh yeah, like, yeah. But it's it, it's always kind of fun for me because I'm a fan of all four. Um, that Sunday, or I forget, is it Saturday or Sunday that they play the. Pro Bowl. I think it is Sunday. Sunday. Okay. Sunday that's at, that's Sunday, That Sunday is All-Star Sunday because you have all three All-Star games out on one day. Yeah, and that's usually the day that I typically tune in, especially since I get the NHL All-Star Game first, Mm -hmm. and that's the one that whets my appetite the most. But there's the reason why the NFL moved that game to this week is because, as Harry said, ratings were through the floor, and even though it was in Hawaii and they had a rotational basis, players still didn't want to go. They didn't take it seriously, so now it gets that perfect void, and you're rotating it for easier travel costs. It's 
they did the right thing. Mm-hmm. Me personally, I would love to see not quite all the elements that they had with the specific gimmicks they had the past few years, but I would love to see them make some more tweaks so that way it's more of a fun watch. Um, Eric, I would argue that more people watch All-Star Saturday Night for the NBA than watch the NBA All-Star Game, yes? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I would argue that just as many, if not more, people watch the Home Run Derby than the All-Star Game for Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Easily. I don't, I don't know if you can make the argument for the skills challenge in the NHL just because hockey is so underly popular. I say this uh, as somebody... I you say this can, as somebody... You, you can, and... With how they tied the skills challenge into some of the elements of the game itself, it makes it even better. Do you guys remember the uh, Pro Bowl skills challenge that they debuted for the NFL last year? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm almost saying that you might be having more fun for the fan base to do that as kind of your Pro Bowl. To have a skills challenge for all of the major sports and let them showcase what it is that they are best at rather than putting on an exhibition game that nobody gives a damn about. Michael Wilbon, on Pardon the Interruption, had a similar idea about six years ago, except a little bit different. Skills challenge? Keep that as it is and as it was, really at its peak, and they revamped it the last couple of years. Do that flag football game. That's what I was thinking. Either do like a flag football or like two-hand touch or something where you you don't have to worry about injuries. The players can still go all out. And, you know, it would be more of kind of like a fun little pickup game that the fans could be interested in watching. With the emergence of flag football and the American Flag Football League and the U.S. Open of football, now would be the perfect time to do it. Plus... One of the reasons I tuned into the skills challenge and like the skills weekend back in the day, they had the Hall of Famers in a flag football game as part of the coverage on NFL Network. That would be something that that would be something cool to bring in, like what they do. Like they should do a celebrity uh, flag football game, like they do the celebrity game in the NBA. They actually do, like the week of the Super Bowl. It's sponsored by DirecTV and other networks. Hard to find, but it happens. Hmm. I think that they should have it just like that. Celebrities, players, etc. have a game or two and have at it. Mm-hmm. I would be I, fine with that. I also think that uh, the MLB does the same thing, too, with this yes, celebrity all-star game, too. Yes. So, yeah, the like, celebrity softball game. They air it right after the Home Run Derby. You can do so much more with these all-star games to make them much more entertaining experiences for fans than putting on an exhibition that no one cares about, that most people are only watching just because, oh, it's football, it's on, it's a Sunday night, what else is there to do? Well, because, I mean, if you think about it, look at what makes the other all-star games unique. The NHL, they turned it into a three-on-three tournament. How that's played, it depends on the winning division of the skills challenge. That was great. With the NBA All-Star Game, why I watch, it's fast, loose, really no defense. And I also watched the uh, rookie-sophomore challenge for that exact reason, and I think with a lot of times those games have been better. Mm -hmm. With baseball, 
you had it to where with the different teams represented, different motives, all this and that. Since they made it just a pure exhibition, I think it stayed at that high level of play like it was when home field advantage mattered. But you still get with that much more intricate than in a regular game. The NFL, they've tried with different rule changes and quirks to make it unique to a regular game. But they've never really done it right. Mm-hmm. Now more than ever, there's so many more means and opportunities and things at your disposal to do it right and capture that magic that the other three sports have. Also, another thing, too, I think, is that they don't really advertise it enough. And also, like, whereas um, all of the other uh, skill challenge-based things, you know, slam dunk contest, you know, NBA Saturday mm-hmm. Night, the Home Run Derby, and the NBA, and the NHL skills challenge, they're all on at least a semi-major network. Whereas yep. the NFL skills challenge was just stuck on the NFL network. Yes. Um, also, um, the NFL doesn't really do much of a much of any job of trying to advertise the Pro Bowl. They never. They never really have. Whereas, if you're going to move it to the week before the Super Bowl and fill that void, you're doing it for a reason. Now you have to advertise it. Mm-hmm. I almost always know when the Home Run Derby is going to be. I know when All-Star Saturday night is going to be and that whole weekend. I know NHL All-Star weekend. If I'm following the sports at all, I know February, this, that, where it's going to be, etc., etc. With the Pro Bowl, if you're going to not have it as an afterthought, don't treat it like one. Mm-hmm. You're going to treat it as a financial afterthought, get rid of it completely. One more thing that I want to say about this, and then we need to move on because we do have our Are You Serious picks to make as well, and I still haven't done my Get It Together yet. But one other thing that I want to touch on here too is I think the timing is inconvenient for a lot of people as well, such as myself, such as Brandon, and such as Jason here. I have absolutely zero interest in the Pro Bowl, but for a completely different reason than maybe the typical fan does. For the third year in a row, Pro Bowl Sunday is Royal Rumble Sunday. That's a good point. There is absolutely not a chance in hell that I'm picking the Pro Bowl over the Royal Rumble, which is my favorite pay-per-view of the year. No chance! No chance in hell! That was on purpose, Brandon. Thanks for (laughs) ruining it. Fair enough. All All right. But yes, I, I agree with you because it is the evening uh, thing. So, you know, any wrestling fan is definitely watching the Rumble over the Pro Bowl. I know that this doesn't apply to wrestling, to non-wrestling fans, but to wrestling fans such as the three of us, and since we are a vast majority of the concentration on this show, it matters to us. Oh, yeah. All right, let's move on here. So, I get it together, goes an American conference. The Mid-American Conference had six teams in bowl games this year, Eric. They went one in five. Ow. What? Ow. One in five? One in five. Give me a quick second here. I will pull up the full list here because I can read them off. 
All right, here we go. You ready, Eric? Ready. All right. Hold on. Whose dog is barking? Is that Wilford? Tell Wilford he's not allowed on the show. My ESPN website hates me. Son of a bitch. I hate when this happens. Stalling for time. Where's stalling? There we go. Okay. All right, here we go. You ready, Eric? Yes. Eastern Michigan lost to Georgia Southern. Northern Illinois got slaughtered by UAB. Kind of figured. Toledo lost to Florida International. Kind of figured again. Western Michigan got blown out by BYU. That I did not see coming. Bad day for Michigan schools. I saw that one coming. Buffalo lost to Troy. (laughs) The kicker recovering his own onside kick. (laughs) The only MAC team to win a bowl game was Ohio, and they did so very impressively, shutting out San Diego State. That being said, Mid-American Conference, all these mid-majors claiming for national notoriety, when you get the opportunity in these bowl games to step up as a conference, going one in five isn't going to help you do it. Nope. Back, get it together. And with that, we move to our Are You Serious predictions Week 17 edition. So I mentioned at the top of the show that the college picks were coming back here. We kind of teased it earlier when we did our New Year's Six picks. Here is the rules for the, for the Week 17 predictions on the kickoff. For college, you are going to pick against the spread the team you think is most likely to cover in the New Year's Six. UCF is not eligible, Brandon. The game is off the board. Oh, okay. Fair enough. So since Brandon's probably going to need a few seconds. Nope, I've got, I think I've got mine. All right. Then, Brandon, you can start us off here. The college edition of Are You Serious? Week 17. Uh, does Florida count? What's Michigan favored by? I believe five and a half. Yes. Yes. So yes, I will pick Florida over Michigan. Eric, I said it. I'm gonna double down. Oklahoma plus fourteen. Jason, are you right there with them? You you damn skippy! I'm right there with him. I'm gonna take him out right, but. Getting fourteen is is a nice little nice little cushion I like to have. I'm also picking a Big Twelve school, but I'm picking the other Big Twelve school. You're giving me fifteen and a half for Texas. I'm in. Wait, how much are you saying for Texas? Fifteen and a half. I'm looking at thirteen. Yes. I'm going to go ahead and do this. Since Eric took Oklahoma, I'm going to take the 13 in Notre Dame. All right, so you're going to mix it up and pick Notre Dame then, Eric? Yeah, so 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 we're so nobody has the same pick. Fair enough. I moved you over to Notre Dame off of the Oklahoma game. All right, let's move over to the NFL side of things here as 
Brandon, you kick us off here for NFL. Are you serious? This is upset. Must be at least three points. I'm taking the Bears over the Vikings. The Bears are dogs in that game? Four and a half. Son of a bitch. Alrighty then. Eric, you're up. I said it before, and to continue the history of going Homer in this situation, I'm going to do it. Jags plus six and a half. Jason. Of course, I'm going to be a homer and take the Giants plus six because they're going to win by 50. Uh, Giants are favored, I saw. Yeah, the Giants are favored by six. Oh, are they? Yeah. Yep. I looked it around. Oh. Well, then, shit. Um. Okay, I'll take I'll take five and a half with the Browns. You son of a bitch. <laughs> well now while Harry gets a chance to think, yes, I'm looking at the scores on my ESPN app. And yeah, I saw Georgia minus thirteen. So for what it's worth. Fair enough. You know what? Let's have some fun with this. Why the hell not? Ten points here. I will take the 49ers to cover against the Rams. Not win, but they'll cover ten. They covered the line against Chicago the week before. Why the hell not? So am I still in the lead? I'm going to have to get back to you. I was out of state most of this week and did not have a chance to update the standings. Fair enough. I will get those to you after we're done with the show. Which will be pretty shortly here, actually. (laughs) Oh, and by the way, real quick, even though it doesn't help me a whole lot, I got a little bit of revenge in Are You Serious last week, Eric. Really now? You know how we went head-to-head on Green Bay in Atlanta? Uh Uh-huh. Jason and I went head-to-head on Cincinnati and Cleveland last week. Cincinnati covered. It was still some bit of a revenge. Yeah. If only the Chargers could have done the same. <laughs> Felt that damn good about that one, too. Yeah, he, he got you on that Baltimore game, didn't he? Yeah. So, technically, Jason both lost and won his <laughs> RU Series picks last week. And they were both revenge games. <laughs> what can I say? You know what else I've done last week? I want to oh, pass Shit over here. <laughs> look, look. Let the final champion get his glory, okay? Uh, he already got yeah. his road dog introduction for the I show. I forgot that, too. I also won Eric's League the first time I played in it. Mm-hmm. So I have titles. All right, just so you guys know, next weekend for next week for Are You Serious, we are going to pick all four wild card weekend games against the spread. Okay. Oh, that'll be interesting. Yeah, that'll be interesting. So you're either going to pick a team to cover or you're going to pick a team to beat the spread. 
right. you're either laying points for somebody or getting points from somebody else for next weekend's game. Fair enough. In, a, in addition, we will also talk the college football playoff championship. Don't start, Braden. We're at the end of the show. When we make our prediction for the finale January 7th, that would be the following Monday night. We hope you all had a wonderful Christmas, a happy Hanukkah, a Festivus, a Kwanzaa to remember. Any of which you celebrate, we hope it was wonderful time spent with those you care about and those that care about you. We thank you for listening to the kickoff in 2018. Are we we not picking a lock this week? No. We are not picking a lock this week because we have the college football back. Okay. We thank you for listening to the kickoff in 2018. We hope that you will listen to the kickoff in 2019. For the chairman and the W2M fantasy football champion of the world, Jason Teasley. You got a second one, Jason. Be happy. Brandon Biscabing and Eric Watkins. I am Harry Broadhurst, thanking you for listening to the kickoff. A presentation of the W2M Network, online at w2mnet.com, and available in all of your favorite podcast listening places, such as iTunes, iHeartRadio, Freaker, Stitcher, Podbean, Castbox. Hey, Brandon, guess what? Spotify is here. I'll be Harry for it, and I'll be Harry for a championship. <laughs> Apparently, much like Glacier, <laughs> thanks for listening to the kickoff. Happy New Year, everybody. We'll talk to you in 2019. Bitches.